Hello, and welcome to another episode of Not If I Reboot You First, the podcast where we take our favorite properties and reboot them before Hollywood has the chance to. It's a little bit like brainstorming fanfiction. I'm Lindsay, and I use she, her pronouns. I'm Tanner, and I use they, them pronouns. And with us this week, we have another special guest. They're your fairy companion, Cheepo! And hey, they talk about stuff. It's Charlie. <laughs> I'm glad I have a perfect track record of people being thrown by my introductions for them. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, it is I, Charlie, and I use they, them, or he, him. Rad. Cool. Um, Charlie, if if our listeners are aware, Charlie is single-handedly keeping this podcast afloat. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) This is the Charlie we talk about. Which is a shame. You should all support this podcast. Yes. Aw, thanks. If if we get enough money, we can start paying people to be on here. <laughs> yes. Uh, what is that called? Bribe money? <laughs> oh, it's called uh, freelancing, I think. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Charlie, thank you for joining us today. What have you brought to the table this week? Well, at first I was thinking that uh, I wanted to reboot this manga series that I've read called Gakuen Alice. But as I was thinking about it, my thoughts started drifting, and I realized the true thing in my heart that I wanted to reboot, and it is the classic magical girl anime, Cardcaptor Sakura. Whoa! Hell yes, hell yes. Awesome. Because Cardcaptor Sakura is very near and dear to my heart. If you ever talk to me about anime or seen things that ask, What's your favorite anime? You'll know that Cardcaptor Sakura, that's what it is. I love that anime to death. It's probably one of the few shows where I prefer the anime over the manga. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't know how familiar you guys are with the dubbed version of Cardcaptor Sakura. Oh, I grew up on that. Yeah, same here. So I watched that when I was a kid, and then in high school I had a friend who was watching a subversion of it, and she's like, you should watch it too. And I'm like, okay. And then from there on, I just became obsessed with anime. But that's besides the point. <laughs> but going back in high school, I really fell in love with Karkapsaka and with the magical girl genre. Once I could see the actual show and not the weird butchered version. Okay. See, the the... Butchered version has a special place in my heart because that's what I grew up on. Be watching it every night that I could on Teletoon up here in Canada with weird Brooklyn accented Kiro. Yeah, <laughs> that was very. I don't know. It was of the times. It was part of that late '90s, early 2000s anime aesthetic that we got for us kids. Were there any? Were there any anime dubs that didn't have a character from Brooklyn? I don't think so. <laughs> what, didn't yeah. they give them uh, Brooklyn accents to for it was a sp- it's a specific dialect in Japan that they would uh, replace with like Brooklyn accents? Yeah. Oh yeah, I did yeah, hear about that. Yeah, I think that. it was like uh, characters that are supposed to be from Osaka use like the Osaka accent. It's yes. kind of like a an equivalent stereotype thing. Apparently, <laughs> there was one time I was watching an, a subbed anime with a friend, and he turned to me and said. 
you know, if this ever got dubbed, she would be speaking like she was from Alabama. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember what anime it was, but that's always stuck with me. What I didn't get about the dub when I learned later what happened is that they rearranged the order of the episodes? Yeah, Yeah. like, well, because I think they decided that this anime had just enough action that they could market it to boys because this was back in the days of Pink Isle, Blue Isle. Yes. <laughs> so in Canada, the first episode we got was Lee's introduction, and they were advertising this as the series premiere of Card Captors. Yeah. yeah. I would love if they did what they did for Sailor Moon, where they redubbed it, but they kept everything in. So all the like the all the queer content, it's in the right order this time. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's funny that you have brought us card captors because, oh, well, for one, we were just talking about how we really got to reboot card captors at some point. And two, it already has like a sequel series going on right now. Yes. And I was going to bring that up because I don't, I am, I'm not caught up on clear card. Clear card? Clear card. Yes. <laughs> I c- combined the word card and art by accident. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I think right now it's the manga's on hiatus until July, so I have time to catch up before they start publishing episodes again. Not episodes. I don't know what's wrong with me today. I keep saying <laughs> the wrong words. <laughs> Somehow more content will manifest, regardless of the medium. Yes. But I want to reboot the original 70 episode two movies. Although I think the movies are fine as they are. Yeah. Yeah. Movies are pretty good. Yeah. I, I think... I've only seen the first one. You've only seen the first one? I've only seen the first movie. I also haven't seen anything of Clear Card yet. It's pretty good. I feel like they're retreading a lot of similar stuff they did, especially in terms of like when Ariel appeared. Mm. Okay. I still like enjoy the series and I'm interested in like these new cards and like what's going on between, uh, I think her name is, hold on a sec, I have the wiki right in front of me, Akiho. To see what's going on with her in terms of everything. But I'm waiting to see, like, how it ends before really coming down on whether I like it or not. Okay. Yeah. So for Card Captor Saka, I feel like the plot of the show doesn't really need to be rebooted. I feel like there's a lot of elements in the show itself that I would prefer to be different, especially the three main uh there's three main relationships that need to change that I really want to talk about or like there's some stuff in the manga that I think would be interesting to have in the anime okay yeah so like the first thing I really want to change is the three student teacher relationships that are in the show <laughs> yeah oh right so i'm thinking the most important one would be to change the relationship between fuji kata and not Ashiko, who are uh, Sakura's mom and dad. Because in the original, he was her teacher, which is weird. And, like, they got together when she was still in, like, high school. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. It was bad. When you see Sakura's dad, he doesn't seem like a bad guy. But then you learn, like, when he met his wife, and it's like, that's not, that's not good. Like, yeah, you can say it turned out well in hindsight, but if you're watching it unfold, you just get a shiver up your spine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, it's another one of those, I get it, Japan, you're weird, but, like, please stop. Yeah, Clamp, in general, really likes uh, putting in 
weird or like controversial relationships into their shows to like kind of say like oh anyone can fall in love and it's like to a degree that's okay but when you have like these student teacher relationships or the weirdness of stuff in Chobits, which I'm not going to touch on because this is that about that. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's going a little too far with the message. Yeah. I, I just want to quickly point out that I have the wiki open as well just because I only know these characters by their dub names. Oh. <laughs> I don't remember their dub names. Um, There is Madison was the dub name of Tomoyo. Yes. And uh, ba, ba, ba. Toya was Tori. Okay. Their last name was Avalon, and Yukito's dub name was Julian. Julian. Did they give Shawan a different first name? I mean, they... It goes from Shaoran Lee to Lee Shaoran, so they just, like, changed the name order so it's westernized. It has the family name last. Okay. But they also changed the spelling to S-H-O-W-R-O-N. Alright. That's... I don't know why they had it changed. I guess, make it see more western i guess yeah i, I don't know because like it's they still keep the plot point that lee and Maylin are chinese huh and maybe it's just so kids can spell it when sakura not sakura sakura <laughs> uh oh my gosh lee shall ron <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the only other explanation might be because they're, like, Hong Kong Chinese as opposed to mainland? Maybe. It's a mystery. I know in one uh, version of the sub, Sean's name is something else. I can't remember what it was. Because I know I'm seeing some on a live blog, uh, Karkata Sakura, and there's a different name for Shaolin? I'm trying to remember what it was. It's the same name, it's just spelled X-I-A-O-L-A-N-G. Yeah, I think that's just a common... Yeah, that's like the pinyin romanization. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that would be like the Mandarin pronunciation, whereas the uh, Cantonese is Lei-Siu-Long. Uh, huh. L-E-I-S-I-U-L-O-N-G. Okay. Yeah. Also, yeah, uh, Yukito slash Julian's uh, family name was Star, because I guess calling him Julian Moon would be too on the nose. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) Speaking of, even when I was watching this and I was allegedly straight and allegedly cis, I immediately knew that Julian and Tori were gay for each other. Yes. (laughs) I mean, it's like the same thing with Sailor Moon, where they're cousins. Like, you can tell. Like, don't try and, like lie (laughs) yeah you can only go so far before it's before it's obvious yes and it actually makes it worse if you're saying that they're cousins yeah i think there was even like a a parental or like a parental guidance group or whatever who got really mad at it because they would have been fine if they were just lesbians but trying to make them cousins too on top of that (laughs) now we're angry yeah Oh god. Now I'm thinking about jokes about uh banjo picking hillbillies and just why they end up with cousins. <laughs> yeah. So I was thinking and said we make not keep saying her name wrong. Not a Shiko. Cause it's a flower, I think. I know Sakura is named after a flower. I'm not sure if Toya is as well. Uh Nadeshiko I uh 
The Dianthus superbus, also known in English as the Crescible Child. It's a Japanese term meaning the personification of an idealized Japanese woman or the epitome of pure feminine beauty. All right. Also, yeah. it's the Japanese name for entire family of flowering plants. Yes. Yeah. According to TV tropes. Um, yeah. Toya's name contains the kanji for peach blossom, and their father, Fujitaka, has the kanji for wisteria. Yes. Okay. So I was right. They are based all on flowers, and Sakura's pretty obvious. Cherry blossom. Yeah. So I was thinking that we make her the same age as Fujitaka, because yeah. that would remove the weirdness, but... I still think we can have the element where her family hates Fuji. I'm just gonna go with Fuji. Cause it's easier. Because, mm-hmm. like, in the original anime, you kinda side with them more that this teacher kind of got together with his student. Like, that's not really good. So I'm thinking to still have that element, but to make the relationship bearable, is that they got together maybe at the end of high school or the beginning of when they were attending university. And she got pregnant really quickly and decided to drop out of university and get married and start raising a family together. So you can still have this kind of like, oh, you ruined my cousin's or my granddaughter's life by getting her pregnant too quickly. But you don't have that weird age gap. Yeah. Or that uh, authority figure situation. Yeah. Yeah. So I was thinking that's probably a good way... The second relationship, that student-teacher, it's a bit better, because Kaho, I don't know if you guys remember her. Mm, was she the teacher? Uh, Wait. <laughs> yeah, she was the teacher who was also the shrine maiden. Yes. Yes. Because when Toya was in eighth grade, he dated her, and she was a student-teacher. Uh, what is with hot for teacher? I don't know. <laughs> What's interesting is that when I was looking at the wiki, when they dated, she would have been about 17, 18, which is not the best, but it's still better, you know, like, it's not as big as an age gap, because Toya would have been about, like, 12, 13 still. at that time. So, but I still think it should, it just needs to be tossed in the trash. And I still think he could know her, but because Toya has magical powers, maybe she helped him develop them better. And that's their connection. Yeah. I like that better. More of a mentor relationship. Yeah. And it makes sense when she comes back to Japan and she helps mentor Sakura. Yeah. That sounds a lot better. She's the Professor McGonagall. (laughs) And then we have the worst one. The one I don't know why they did this. We have Rika... And the homeroom teacher. Oh. And if everyone oh. remembers, this anime starts when they're all in fourth grade, and they're all about ten. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. In the Cardcaptor's English adaptation, Rika's name is changed to Rita, and all hints of her relationship with Tarada are removed. That is probably one of the few things about the English dub I will agree with. Yes. Instead of being a good student, she's depicted as having trouble with her schoolwork and her blushing around Tarada is explained away as being embarrassed at having to stay after school so often and that she's afraid of him. Oh, that went too far in the other direction. Oh no! (laughs) Yeah, because then it's implying something else entirely. Um, yeah. Just don't have it! Just don't have it in there! I think her having a crush on him is okay because kids 
can have crushes on adults. I think having him reciprocated in any way needs to be removed. Yeah. And I think yeah. the way this could go is that she could have, like, this hopeless, childish, like, infatuation. But eventually, down the line in the show, she suddenly has a crush on someone else. So she's dating someone else in the show to see, show that, you know, she got over him and now has a more age-appropriate crush. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there are plenty. There's uh, the girl who loves ghost stories, if you want to keep making it gay. I can't remember her name. I think it starts with an N. Her name is Naoko. She wears, she's the one with the glasses and she like tells scary stories all the time. Oh yeah, I think she, ha- um, she had an episode involving like one of the writing cards or? Yes. Or the writing uh, card? Yeah. Was, yeah, she found the create, create card. Yeah, the create card. And then, uh, Sakura had a turn, had to use big to fight it like a kaiju battle. Oh, yes. I may have, I'm not even looking at my notes to talk about this because I have seen Cardcap Sakura at least five times, which is impressive because it's 70 episodes, <laughs> but I really love it. Anyone out there needs to yeah. hear more about Cardcap Sakura, I'm always free. That'll be yeah. after you guys get through the 1,000 episodes of Precure. Uh, yes. <laughs> no, you don't understand. There is currently about 800 episodes. Oh, God. I believe in you. You can do this. <laughs> Thanks. So now that we've gotten the big three problematic relationships out of the way, I still want to talk about relationships because I want you to make more things explicit in this Yay. show. Because, first of all, I want to make tomorrow an explicit... I can't say that word. Explicit lesbian. Because, listen, I don't like to judge people on their ships. But it was really weird to me when I went watched it during high school and people were shipping her with Ariel. Uh. Yeah. Did they really interact? Like, yeah. I don't really, I don't really remember that. To me... It came across as like a pair of the spares kind of situation where yeah. the the two single characters. Although, if you're gonna pair the spares, you ship Tomoyo with Melang. Yeah, yeah, which is a much better one and one I wholeheartedly endorse. I mean, I, I just kind of fell into the hole of well, I'm gonna ship Sakura with Lee because that's what the show is telling me to do, and then when I found out about all of the uh casual sapphism that the was cut out from the Japanese version, I was like, you know what, this makes sense too. Yeah. I mean, I like that as well. I just, there's a scene in, like, the third season where Melanie comes back, because she tells Sean that, you know, if he finds someone else, I don't know what I would do with the weird engagement thing because they're cousins, because I feel <sighs> like it that kind of gets tossed out the window because Sean very quickly falls for Sakura and they're, like, ten years old. Yeah. <sighs> and Sean doesn't really seem interested in it anyways. It's more Melling kind of being like, Oh, you were nice to me. You're the only person who really cared about me. So now I'm very attached to you. Yeah. Meiling was kind of weirdly possessive. I say that, but she is my favorite character. Yeah. She was fun, and the episode with the twins uh, cl- card was pretty cool. Yes. Malin's great because in a series full of wizards and magicians, she's just like, I'm going to punch this thing. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that episode, like a lot of episodes had really good Sakuga moments, but like that episode really emphasized the fighting side of it too. Yes. 
And in the Claire Card arc, uh, there's an episode where she... I wasn't sure she was going to come back because Claire Card seemed to be kind of more aligned with the manga and Melling's uh, anime-only character. So I was like, is she going to come back? Is she not going to come back? But she came back in an episode. And uh, Sakura's fighting against like another kind of like twin-based fighting card. Yeah. And they end up fighting together against it, which was really cool. Yeah. I think she gets better, like, further along in the series, as opposed to her introduction. There's a moment in season three where she comes back, because she tells Shaolin, you know, if you find someone you actually really love, I'll just let all this go. And she, so she comes back, and she's like, I know you're in love with Sakura. You know, like, just go be with her, you fool. Just tell her how you feel. And she ends up, like, running off, and she goes to Toya's house. Not Toya's house. Wow. She goes to Tomoyo's <laughs> house. <laughs> this would be a really different show if she went. <laughs> and, like, yeah. sh- you see her, like, crying on Tomoyo's lap because she's really upset and, like, Tomoyo's comforting her. And in the second movie, you learn that they kept in touch. So they're, like, pen pals. So I was like, if you're going to ship Tomoyo with anyone, why not ship her with mine? Having a more, like, firmed, like, Tomoyo's not... She's gay. Don't ship her with Ariel. Yeah. I I don't really want to ship Ariel with anyone, really. No. Yeah, he just doesn't... Like, aside from the fact that, you know, he's physically 10? Yes. Because he's a reincarnation of Cloud Reed and seems to have come into that full realization, so mentally he's not 10? No. No, the thing is, he's actually... He stopped himself from aging so that he can meet Sakura at the same age as her. He's supposed ah. to... Because in the manga, you learn... This is this is a manga thing I would want to bring into the anime. Is that you learn that uh, Cloud Reed's soul was split into two. And the other half is Fuji. It's Sakura's dad. Yeah. So technically yeah. Ariel is the same age as Sakura's dad, who's like 46. Yeah. Oh, that's... Tangled. (laughs) It's magic. Don't think about it too much. Okay. And what's interesting is that in the manga, at the end, uh, when Sakura, like, turns dark and light to Sakura cards and kind of breaks Ariel's sleep spell, he actually gives half his magic to Fuji to make Sakura the most powerful uh, magician. Or are they called magicians? I don't think so. Sorcerer, I think, is the term they use most often. Yes. Uh, Sorcerer currently alive which is cool and like he actually gets to see his dead wife because he now has this magic power and i think that's why uh both toya and sakura already have magic from the get-go because they're fathers of the incarnation of kavid even if he doesn't initially have magic yeah so i feel like that would be something to put into like the like it was rebooted to actually introduce into the anime that this happened and I also would like Ariel, because he has all this magic, to just age himself back to his proper age at the end, so he's not this weird ten-year-old old man. So, yeah. Because he's still a child when you see him later. Like, he never, I guess he just decides to just age normally now that he's met Sakura. It's weird. Yeah, and then it says that he's romantically involved with Kaho, which makes it weird. Oh god, Kaho, no! Because, <laughs> um, like, he leaves the moment that he's done. So, like, I yeah. can't see why he wouldn't just, you know, age himself back to, like, a normal adult age. 
Instead of saying yeah. ten and letting himself age back up slowly. <laughs> God damn it, clamp. Yeah. And like having uh Sakura and Sean be more explicitly bi would be nice, because like some people, even though Sean's clearly interested in Yukito, are like, he's not bi. He's in love with Sakura. And I'm like, what does that mean? How does it make him not bi? He was clearly in love with Yukito. Sakura clearly saw him as a love rival. Like, are you watching the same thing I am? <laughs> <laughs> well, it comes down to that weird idea of being a practicing bisexual. <laughs> and with Sakura, it's a little more ambiguous because she also seems to get a crush on Kaho. But I feel like you can like kind of make that a little bit more like firmer so that Sakura and Sean can be the bi-power couple that we all deserve. Yes. I would even say that Sakura's pan because she just like falls in love with everyone. Yeah. She yeah. definitely is that kind of heron where yeah, she's when, like... When I think about it, she kind of falls a bit into the Usagi mold of just falling in love with whoever. Yeah. It's actually kind of like my favorite trope where uh, heroines like them are called all-loving heroes, where they're just so good and they believe in so much in other people and, like, they just, like, amass like this. Like, everyone's, like, charmed by them because they just yeah. love so much and they're like, geez, it's really good. I really love that trope and I really love characters like Sakura and Yusagi, like, who just believe so much in people. And while Toya and Yukito are pretty gay, I don't know why they're just not boyfriends by the end of the show. Because, like, it, it, cause in Clear Card Art, they, they never refer to themselves as such, and, like, there's never anything, like, explicitly romantic that happens between them. And I just wish there was, like, a little bit more so we can have that. Yeah. At the end of, near the end of the show, uh, Sakura talks to Yukito, and she finally tells him that she has a crush on him. And he's like, I know. And she's like, I know you don't feel the same way. Your most important person is my brother, right? I just wish you could be like, yeah, we're dating. Just like, just say those words. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So many of these shows, it's just like, just be a little more upfront about who these people are, basically. Yeah. And I mean, there was like hints towards it. And like that line kind of pretty explicitly states that like he, they're in love. But if it was like rooted until now, I feel like they can go that step further to like, yeah, these are canonically like bi and lesbian and gay and like you can't like just say oh that might not be like no they are splitting point get rid of the bad relationships and make it gayer <laughs> there is one valid headship it's between uh chiro and the guy who's always uh lying all the time <laughs> i can't i can't oh the guy that. who exaggerates facts um zachary was his dub name I usually conflate him with the really nerdy guy from Sailor Moon. Oh, her name is Chiharu, not Chiharu. She was, like, friends with him since they were in, like, kindergarten. And, like, clear card kind of indicates more towards a romantic relationship with them. Oh, Takashi Yamazaki. Infamously known for fabricating highly detailed stories on the supposed history of practically any subject, usually whatever Sakura and her friends happen to be discussing. And then Ariel shows up and just keeps encouraging him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Sakura and Sayuran are very gullible and keep on believing him. You gotta check off the two most important things of being an anime protagonist. You have to love everyone and be an absolute idiot. <laughs> oh, damn. You know, guys, I'm starting to suspect I might be an anime protagonist. 
Oh. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Have you ever run out of the house with toast in your mouth? I think so. Huh. <laughs> All the signs are lining up. <laughs> My hair is green. <laughs> well, it was nice knowing you guys. It was nice talking with you, but I think my destiny is calling. I don't. I guess I have to go save the world now. <laughs> so there's one more thing. So I was looking up information to make sure that I had things right. Like I was looking up to make sure that uh, Sakura's father was half of Cloudy's uh, soul. And I don't know if this is true because I did not find this on the internet. I don't know if this was headcanon I read or just something I really liked. Because I thought that Toya was supposed to become the new master of the cards. And Saka accidentally ended up finding the cards first. I don't know if that's true, but if I rebooted it, it would become true. Because Yue, my white-haired angel boyfriend, who I love dearly. <laughs> my first anime husband. <laughs> yes. He was supposed to fall in love with Saka, and she was supposed to fall in love with him. This is, like, Cloudweed, like, was trying to have this happen. Cloudweed's weird. Yeah. He was organizing his shipping chart. <laughs> so I think because Yukito falls in love with Toya, I thought it'd be interesting is that Toya was supposed to become the master of the cards. So Yue and Yukito fell in love with Toya, but then Sakura discovered it. So it kind of caused this weird disconnect where he still cares about Sakura, but it was harder for him to like her initially. Okay. And if anyone out there knows if this is true, or something I just made up, just let me know. I mean, if you did just manifest it from your own brain, it's still a really interesting plot point. Yeah. Like, Yue just, like, manifests, he, like, has a note in his pocket from Clowry, it just says, fall in love with a Kinemoto, and he's like, okay, th th there's a few. Well, this one's tall, so I pick him. <laughs> <laughs> I can climb him like a beanpole. <laughs> I would also love to see the original show in the new art style because some of the adults and teens in Card Cap Sakura, they have really long legs. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like a signature of Clamp. Yeah. I mean, they still kind of have long legs in the new version, but the art style just looks a bit better. They're proportioned a little bit better. Okay, just, yeah. She creates a new card. It's called The Legs. <laughs> Yeah, because I think, like, the overall plot of her finding the cards and, like, and then eventually changing them into the Sakura cards so that they're her own cards and not Cloud Weed's cards anymore. I think that's fine as it is. Like, I love All 52. I know the original uh, manga had only 19, so they added more, so they have uh, filler episodes. But I feel like a lot of the filler episodes don't really feel that way. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, compared to other shows that have filler, like Naruto, A Sailor Moon, and stuff, where they have, like, 20 episodes of filler or something, I feel like in Kakabasaka, it's a lot shorter. So even if it is 70 episodes, it doesn't really feel like you're dragging through the plot of the show. Yeah, well, it's because the whole thing comes with a set goal of recollect all the cloud cards and then afterwards turn them all into soccer cards. So even if it's just a random episode about them trying to catch, like, a sugar plum fairy, literally, yeah. in the end, they've accomplished something and they've moved the plot forward. Yeah. Like, even if people say, like, some of the cards are useless, like the bubble card, 
Which we you only really see through a video that Tomoyo took with a clean Kiro yeah. with it. Which yeah. I thought was funny. Yeah, and Kiro explained that Cloud Reed just liked taking bubble baths. And was too lazy to just pour the bubble bath into the tub. Listen, from what we know about Cloud Reed, I can just see him just making all these cards like, you know, I don't really feel like turning on my lights. What if I just use magic to create glow? <laughs> <laughs> I miss seeing the cherry oh, blossoms man. fall. Okay, so there were like 72 cards, so or 52, 52 cards. That's like a regular card deck. Yes. Like for playing cards. If he had been even more lazy, I could see him creating a full 72 tarot card set. <laughs> that would be really cool, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys ever like when you're hanging out with your friends and playing card captors at recess, which I'm sure everyone did, because I sure did. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys ever come up with your own cards well you see i didn't have any friends that like uh anime when i was a small child so no oh man now my neighbor when i was living at one house uh he had the card set so we would just play with that that is awesome no i never did the card capture thing but my sister and her friends already liked Sarah Moon, and I would tag along with them all the time. So I became so when they played Sailor Moon, I was Chibiusa because I was the Aww. annoying younger sibling. Aww, I'm pretty sure we made up a few that were just like knockoffs of already existing cards. Like I think either myself or my friend invented the punch. <laughs> That's fair. And someone was like, "But yeah. that's there's already the strong in the fight." I'm like, yeah, you didn't you didn't need those two together. <laughs> but now we've got those two, and we have the punch. I mean, they kind of use their legs a lot more than their fists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We also, we definitely crossed card captors over with Jackie Chan Adventures. That is very cool. And it actually kind of works. Yeah. I think at some point we were like, oh no, the, there is a mix-up, and the powers of the cloud cards got shoved inside the talismans. Oh, I really like this idea that I, now that I'm hearing about it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get Jackie Chan in quotation marks involved, and oh boy, <laughs> things get really fun. <laughs> One thing I also would have liked about Card Cap Saka that I would love to keep if it's rebooted is that I like that the narrative of the story wasn't necessarily about saving the world. Yeah. I like that. Because, like, you see a lot of, like, shows where, like, all oh, this evil has come and it's going to destroy everything. It's more like, oh, I uh, said the name of this card and now they're just causing havoc around the city and now i and now this tiny plush toy tells me that i have to go get them you have to go c collect the cloud cards i'm gonna stay home and play video games <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like my one problem with the whole save the world plot is that the stakes are so high that if you are a longer running series if you got more than one season it's hard to top that when that is like your final few episodes yeah when it comes down to it the plot of card captors is really more about family and your heritage and your legacy and all that comes with it yeah and like when saga does face ua's final judgment like it's more about if you fail this you'll lose your most important feeling. You lose the ability to love. And it's much more personal. Like, if Sakura fails, she'll lose something. It doesn't really feel like... It's not like this massive thing. It's only Sakura that's gonna lose something. And I love that she's able... Like, even though she does 
fail the first time, she's able to realize what happened and to break through and actually pass again. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. the power of love and friendship kicks ass. Yes, it is a very good power to have. Also, I would love to keep Tomoyo just making Sakura's costumes because as fun as it is to watch transformation scenes, I just love that Tomoyo is just like dedicated to making a new outfit each time she goes to get a card. And I love seeing them all. Yes. Yes. And I mean, like, when I was a kid, I always wanted to do, like, every Halloween, I wanted to dress up as Sakura, but there was, like, never enough time for anyone to make that costume for me. Because, of course, I never sold those costumes at Walmart. I'm not better. <laughs> oh, it's because you you didn't have a rich mom who could give you, like, a secret base van that doubled as, like, a broadcasting station and fashion <laughs> closet. <laughs> Also, speaking of uh, Tomoyo's mom, she's clearly also a lesbian. Come on, let's be real. Oh, yeah, she was that super haircut. Into Sakura's mom, wasn't she? Yes. Oh, and also first cousins with Sakura's late mom. Um, how about not? Yeah. Why is everyone in the show cousins? I mean, that does make Tomoyo and Sakura second cousins. Still, how about we just say. Uh, Sonomi had a very powerful crush on Nadeshiko, and she's better at Fujitaka for sweeping in. Yeah. <laughs> Do we have to move you all to Hawaii again as punishment <laughs> for all of these cousins? I mean, they seem to pop up in this is now two Magical Girl shows. Maybe it's a 90s thing. A 90s Japan thing, because I remember reading Ceres by the mangaka of Fushigi Yugi, and apparently the family that the main protagonist comes from frequently had cousin marriages. Oh god. It was plot relevant, but still weird. This was like rich people cousins too, so. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I think I've said everything I wanted to say. If I think of anything else, I don't know, I'll just tweet about it on twitter (laughs) (laughs) i i think we did cover everything i once had an idea for a live action card captors reboot um but i wouldn't be the person to make it because one of the plot points would be that sakura's dad like on top of everything else sakura's dad was also a white american and the series took place in america all right wait why america and not canada if you're canadian because even though i'm canadian i'm still exposed to mostly american stuff (laughs) That's fair. <laughs> English Canadians watch a lot more American shows than Canadian made shows for various reasons. The French speaking population does have the advantage of having their own like star system and TV because they've got French. Though now that you've pointed it out, like the English of Card Cappers was done by a Canadian company, so we actually could do it in Canada potentially. Yes. Yeah. The most interesting fact I have about Magical Girls at uh, Canada is that the original dub for Fuchawi Wa, which is what I'm watching <laughs> uh, <laughs> on my other podcast, is that it was dubbed just in Canada. Yeah. Which is weird. Yeah. It's very strange, but rights laws are are weird, so yeah. I'm generally surprised that Precure did not take off in America. I know. Well, I mean, we have Blitter Force now. But do we, though? Do we really? <laughs> I mean, if you ask me, I'm not a big fan of Clotal Force. I'm gonna have to talk about it. I'm not looking forward to that. Um, 
So before we end, I just want to quickly turn this shift back around towards card captors because I want to show you this picture of Yue from the original anime. Okay. You look at him and he's all like dramatic and pointy and it looks like he's uh, about to fight in the War of the Roses or whatever it was from Utena. Yes. <laughs> and let's compare him to his clear card style where it just looks like he really needs a nap. I mean, yeah. I'm sure he does. <laughs> He has to deal with Caro calling him all the time, trying to play video games with him. <laughs> oh, no. Please, just let me sleep. What is this Fortnite? <laughs> <laughs> I hate my laugh so much. No, it's good. It's very good. So, um, it sounds like... We're close to wrapping up, so we're going to take a quick break to play some Fortnite with Kiro Barros and probably Usagi for that matter. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to go do that, and you guys can listen to a friendship promo. Right now, you're suffering under an enormous weight. We provide... Leverage. Or at least, we rewatch the TV series of the same name. Each week, join me, I'm Cassidy. And hey, I'm Frankie! As we watch an episode of the show where bad guys make the best good guys. Find us on Twitter at Let's Steal Cast or on iTunes at Let's Steal Podcast. And remember, H is a geek, baby! Hey, welcome to another episode of Kiro's Corner, where we're gonna talk about all the cool costumes that everyone is wearing during this episode. Tanner's wearing. Pajamas, because they just got up two hours ago. Two hours ago? I had the overnight shift. I was up until like six. Oh. Okay, then Aww. that's fair. Uh, I'm wearing a Tokyo Mew Mew shirt and shorts because it's hot out. Um, I got a black t-shirt and jean shorts because it's like the first genuinely hot day in Ottawa all year. Yeah. It's shorts weather, fam. Across the nation. Yep. Yeah. Which sucks because my job, I have to wear pants and I work outside in the sun. Oh, and I no. die. <laughs> Ugh. Gross. Yes. Hey, Charlie, where can you be found on the internet? If you want to talk to me more about Cardcap Sakura or just whatever, you can find me on Twitter at magical underscore pride. If you want to hear me talk about a different magical girl show, Pretty Cure, you can listen to Peter Podcast Engage. Or you can just listen to me, Cassidy, and Crash all talk about random topics on, hey, let's talk about it. This month's episode is absolutely about gender. Gender. Yes. <laughs> nice gender you got there. Did your mom pick it out for you? <laughs> <laughs> no. I did. <laughs> Good. Those are the best ones. <laughs> Farm to plate genders. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay. Tanner. <laughs> Lindsay, please. Okay, I can be found at LindsayM476 on Twitter. That's Lindsay spelled with an A. You can get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart and on Instagram at SparkyYoungUpstart. You can also find this very podcast on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Those are the letters for 
not if I reboot you first, and they're pronounced Release! <laughs> and you can find this very podcast on Instagram at not if I reboot you first. The hashtag is N I I R Y F, and that is pronounced Nyarf! Sorry, I'm bad at coming up with stuff on the That's cup. okay. You could also email this very podcast at notifyrebootyoufirst at gmail.com. You can send us your comments, criticisms, critiques, suggestions for stuff you might want us to do in the future. Uh, if you'd like to be a guest, like the very awesome Charlie here, Aww. then you can email us there, or you can send us a Twitter message. Um, you can send us your... We've got a Patreon. You do have a Patreon. Thank you, Charlie, for being the patron. Hey everybody, Future Tanner here. I'm just popping in at this point to let you know that around this time in recording, two things happened. First off, Charlie made a very funny joke about why you should be donating to our Patreon and giving us all of your money. Um, I can't remember the details, unfortunately. And unfortunately, the other thing that happened here was that Charlie's mic just decided to start recording whatever it wanted and did not want. And so a majority of the audio after this from Charlie's end is gone. We've pieced together what we could, but for the most part, it's a little eh, touch and go. Uh, but essentially, we talked about how in the Patreon, if you subscribe to us for $1 a month, you get a shout out like the awesome Charlie. And if you subscribe for $5 a month, then you can get bonus episodes, you can listen to episodes early, and you can vote in our People's Choice poll. And that's around the time where we were able to piece some stuff back together. So uh, let's go back to the episode. Oh, that, that reminds me, we have to do the People's Choice next week. Uh, we, will, we will get around to that. Someone take this yes. power away from me. <laughs> no, oh, but what if we only get one more patron and it's just going to be a stalemate? Oh no! <laughs> um, I don't know, we'll flip a coin. Also, it occurs to me it's been a few weeks since we told people to rate and review us on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, but I almost want to say hold off on that now and see what happens when they do their like restructuring of their whole situation. Oh yeah. yeah. Just like... Like, still take, subscribe, but, like... Subscribe, of course. Um, but take those reviews that you're planning and, like, hold on to them. Like, revise them. Maybe uh, spruce up the body paragraphs. You know, make sure your sources are cited correctly. <laughs> <laughs> and then once Apple has sorted their shit out, then you can review us as well. Um, Lindsay, would you like a hint for next week? Yes, thank you. Quack. 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 Okay, now I think I know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you once again from Charlie. You are very welcome. Thank you for having me. Oh, of course. Anytime. Yeah. And as for the rest of you guys, we will see you next week, but not if we reboot you first. Bye. What if Sakura invented a card that was just the reboot? <laughs> <laughs> Infinite time loop. <laughs>
Uh, <laughs> please don't light your house on fire. I mean, I'm not going to try to. I'm just saying sometimes things happen. <laughs> well, I'll be on the lookout to see uh, if on Twitter suddenly you're saying, I have to leave my house. It's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I would do. I'd probably just like the tweet and be like, that sucks. 